Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. I dropped my phone uh, as we started recording, and it made a loud thump. If you didn't hear it on audio, then disregard it. Uh, but it was a loud thump on my end, and it scared me. How you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing great, Dale. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, it's 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 been very snowy, very cold. That's why I've got my little beanie on, keep me warm. Uh, Vans does not sponsor us yet, but if Vans is out there and they <laughs> want to sponsor us, I've got lots of good Vans swag this Christmas. My brother Jake, his girlfriend Michaela, got us all this great Vans stuff, um, and and I love it. So if Vans wants to sponsor us, please do. Uh, but this is not an official sponsorship. This is just me showing my love for Vans, and I'm wearing my Incredible Hulk shirt for two reasons. One. I feel bad about this book last week. I tossed it when I was talking about how I like Wanda more than Hulk now. I, I right, right, right. And Hulk, Hulk is still in my heart. Like, I, I don't I don't want to be disrespectful. So I wore the shirt. And because the Be Incredible kind of means something in terms of this episode. So we'll uh, we'll get there when we get there. But Amazing. Uh, we, we might have seen some Incredibles uh, Easter eggs in there, uh, which is another Disney superhero thing that I never knew we'd even be talking about in Marvel. But here we are. Uh, Kelsey, um, we have our... Uh, headlines this week. I don't think we ever actually introduced ourselves. I'm Dylan. I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> and I'm Kelsey. I'm your other host. I was waiting for you to get to that, Dale. But... Yeah, like, honestly, I, I sometimes get carried away on tangents, and I forget I that, like, hey, we have new viewers or new listeners that don't know who the hell we are. Um, and if you like us, uh, we'll, we'll give you all our social media stuff on the bottom. It's already there. Um, please go follow us. Um, yeah, so so let's get into our news of the week, our Marvel <laughs> news of the Amazing. week. Amazing. Uh, so my news is very, very like small, not very notable. Um, we got some news uh, from Variety uh, that Kevin Feige is apparently really, really, really uh, fighting the streaming uh, theater battle with Black Widow. Um, we've heard that Black Widow has now been pushed to May after it was in, supposed to be in November. Uh, and he was even supposed to be earlier than that before even COVID started. Um, so it's been delayed twice. And now we have Kevin Feige uh, stepping up and basically saying, I do not want this going to streaming because uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, Disney's animated film, is going to come out next month on streaming and in theaters. Uh, and it's got that 20 or $30 uh, on-demand fee or whatever uh, that Mulan had. So I think Kevin Feige is really going gung-ho about the theatrical experience, which I really appreciate. I, I think these shows are very well catered for the streaming experience because, you know, they have a very episodic formula and, and they end on cliffhangers. It really works for a series. But I think a whole movie like Black, Black Widow... Um, I think it, it'd be really cool if it was just theatrical release. If that means it gets pushed to 2022, so be it. Uh, mm -hmm. But Kevin Feige's just been really, really fighting that uh, fighting that cause, trying to get it to stay in theaters and not go to streaming. So that's really the only news I had on my end. Uh, just a little tidbit. Kelsey, what do you think about this whole streaming versus theatrical uh, So there, he's fighting for it to be just in theaters. Like he doesn't want it to be a theater and streaming release. Right. Because, I mean, these films are, for the most part, meant to be seen on this huge screen. And no, that's yeah, what it was intended to. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm all for that. I think some people would argue I would love to just be able to stay home, especially with the safety. Like, I don't want to go to a theater now. But when I see Black Widow, I want to see it in a theater. So it's kind of like that debate of do I would I rather see it sooner or would I rather see it in a theater? You know, mm. um, right. And the worry is that it comes out in May as scheduled theaters still aren't incredibly safe to go back to. And then a lot of people can't see it in theaters, but there's no streaming to go as an alternate or it drops on both. And then everyone watches on streaming and then it does terribly in theaters. And then Marvel keeps up this trend and we don't get theatrical releases anymore. 
I don't right. think that's going to happen, but uh, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, debate to talk about. Uh, but I think your news is much more notable, so I just wanted to kind of just, you know, we, we each have to bring some news. So I brought my news. Uh, let's hope Black Widow stays in theaters and doesn't go to streaming. Kelsey, what is your big news? Well, first of all, Dill, I agree with you. I think that these movies are definitely best watched and enjoyed in, you know, on the big screen. I, for one, am so ready to get back to the theaters in any way for any movie at any time. I miss, you know, going and getting my crunch of bunches and my popcorn and sitting in a big leather chair. You know me. You know my pop, yeah, my uh, movie crunch theater. Crunch bunches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my news, we got a new trailer last Sunday during the Super Bowl. We got a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I just wanted to break down kind of what I saw. I'm sure you you watched it as well, Dale. Yeah, um, my thing with trailers is I try to watch them once and then I'll watch them again. Uh, right. You know, I think um, a few years ago, seeing the same trailers over and over with Movie Pass, I was going to movies every single week, and then AMC Movie, uh, the A-list came out, so I was seeing movies every single week or day or whatever, and it just became seeing the same trailers every single day and when you get a reserved seat at the theater you don't need to get to the theater early you know to make sure you get your seat so there's really no point in me going to theaters early enough to see all the trailers anymore i started to get bored by them i started to almost kind of dislike the movies a little bit before even going into them because i was like i've seen it on the trailer i don't i'm, I'm sick of this right. i mean the only one i never got sick of was was star is born because i could hear lady gaga sing shallow every day and i did hear it because they showed it before every movie yep, uh, but yep, yep. but you know I, I i i really tend not to watch trailers more than once so i watched it at the super bowl and then i watch it once more on twitter once the full trailer got released because i don't know if it was the same actual cut as a super bowl trailer I, right. I didn't really study to see if one was longer um but I watched it once, so I, I can't really go deep into it, but I would love to hear your thoughts, what you think this series is going to be. Um, first off, the best part of the Super Bowl, if you ask me, uh, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, it was um, definitely like, uh, definitely a very low-key, low-energy Super Bowl this year, I think, mean, just across the board. But... Yeah, I mean, it was high energy for the people that, like, are fans of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and I'm not a fan of either. So I was, you know, I, I was having a pretty, pretty rough night, but can I just say side note, I was so confused why everyone was talking about Tom Brady. This is how detached I am from like sports and, and football, especially because I didn't even know that Tom Brady left the Patriots. So I oh. was like, I was like, why are people still talking about Tom Brady? The Patriots are finally not, at the Super Bowl this year, we can finally just stop talking about this guy. But no, that of course the next team he's on, he takes them right to the Super Bowl, gets another championship under his belt, and I'm like, we've had enough. Retire. I'll say he's very good at what he does, and I'm not going to discredit his ability. He is a phenomenal player. He is the best quarterback ever. I don't care what if you hate him, he is the best uh, right now. I mean, I do think we could see a few people who are playing in the league now somewhat. Uh, challenge that uh, yeah. but I do think right now he is the best player we've ever seen in that position and I give him the credit where credit's due if you're a fan of him congratulations you won a big game uh, and uh, let's get him next year Giants <laughs> so I'm in the same boat as you Dale still so anyway the best part of the Super Bowl this trailer was I'll just talk about some little things that I noticed um, some big things. So we start with Bucky and Sam in interrogation room. It looks like it turns into what might be couples therapy by the end of it, honestly, with the two of them. But uh, then they're on a plane and we cut to what looks like a Russian villain saying superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. 
And then we get a shot of a man walking with a mat. He's holding a mask. So I'm thinking, is this is this Red Skull? Is this uh, uh, Schmitz? I'll tell because... you, Kelsey, you're, you're out of the loop with uh, the Tom Brady thing, but you're also out of the loop as to who the big villain of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is. So it, I want you to be completely I just completely missed it? Yeah, it, it's been announced. And if you actually watch the trailer with subtitles, I think they do say who it is. Oh, um, really? But I, I, I will tell you right now, I don't want you knowing because I think it'll make it better for you when the premiere comes around in a, in a month or so. Um, so why don't you why don't you wait to find out? I won't tell you who the villain is. Okay, well, then I'm... Wow, okay. <laughs> it's not Red Skull. So, so okay, well, it, it, he was giving me Red Skull vibes because it looked like the red mask that... Or I guess... That doesn't even make sense because he's the red is his real skin and then he has a face of a real person. So wow, I really thought that I was onto something here. I'm, I'm quite embarrassed, but he was giving me Schmitz vibes with the accent and and everything. And then we see a we see you know men in military uniform, and then we see a poster of Cap and a shot of Sam looking down at the shield. Some people were speculating that this might be Cap's funeral. I don't want you to confirm or deny that fact because I cannot mentally or emotionally I will just tell you, that. the only thing I know are like the very surface levels casting uh, main cast, and that's about it. Like, I don't know if this is Cap's funeral. I, don't, I didn't even see that. I didn't even put that together. So um, okay. you know more than I do. I just happen to know one of the villains who's in it that you don't. So uh, don't don't take that as me knowing everything about Falcon and Winter Soldier because I don't. Okay, great. And yep. then I saw that Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Peggy's niece, is also going to be in this series. She makes an appearance in the trailer as well. And then we end on Bucky and Sam in the interrogation room. Uh, having a staring contest. So it definitely looks like it's going to be this great blend of comedy, uh, the dynamic between their relationship and them, you know, trying to figure out their roles now that Cap has moved on and, and grown into a grandpa. And now they're just, and now they're just kind of figuring out like, who are we without Captain America kind of thing. And, and Sam has a shield. So that also adds a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, I guess yeah. tension, you know, if, 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 you know, someone gives all their inheritance to one grandkid and not the other, like, like, you know, there's, there's going to be some beef there. Uh, so I think that'll be a lot of the basis of the series. And I'm mm -hmm. excited to see it. I don't think it's as, uh, I think it's going to be a lot more straightforward than this show is the WandaVision. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just think it's, it's going to be more of your story. Oh, it better be. <laughs> Why? I can't, I can't be this confused during, uh, I I'm mean, sorry. So I, be love it, the, it is, I love but... the confusion. I love I love the edginess of this show. But um, that that's great. So so we got some little speculation going into Falcon and Winter Soldier, as as we said uh, a few weeks ago. We will be covering that show here as well. Every episode of that, um, good or bad. So uh, let's hope it's as good as Wandavision is because Wandavision segue is really good. <laughs> I really like it. Did you um, like this episode, Dill? After I watched it, yes. I think it, it, it kind of fell into the same trap as... Um, so now we're officially on WandaVision talk. So, so if, yeah. you're, if you're here for WandaVision, you're, you're getting it now. Um, I, I think the sitcomness of the 50s and 60s aesthetic was more pleasing because it was so different. But okay. I think as we're getting closer and closer to real time, the sitcom is not as... Um, it, it, does, it doesn't have as much unique qualities to it i mean obviously you have like the voiceover and the breaking of the fourth wall you got the malcolm in the middle-esque um yeah, intro yeah, yeah. and I, like that's fun but i think right now i'm 
much more interested on all these stuff going on outside um, in regard and, and in, and inside, but, but more in regards to the overall picture rather than the sitcomness. Like we get sure. that it's a sitcom. We get, you know, I get how they're trying to keep it episodic and, and keep with the formula. I get that. But now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, like you could have cut that whole beginning chunk of the Halloween prep stuff down to like maybe two or three minutes less than it was, you know, like it was, it was a lot of, I mean, it was trying to establish Quicksilver also as this like fun uncle, like crazy, like childish guy. But I really mm -hmm. do think I would have liked for them to kind of just jump to the trick or treating stuff sooner, you know, sure. cause that's kind of where the action happened where vision goes out and, and Quicksilver has the kids and they're getting their powers. Like I wanted more of that um, earlier on. Uh, but but I liked it. You know, I, I I think every episode is is intriguing me more and more. I thought after episode four, I was like, what else is there now? Like, we know yeah. what's going on. But now it's like, no, we don't. Like, we, yeah. we literally don't. And, and everything I, we thought about. Yeah, we I don't know. I like this episode just because I feel like it debunked every theory that I had last week. And now I'm back to square one again, where I'm like, what what is then going on? Because I thought I was on to something, but clearly I'm not. I so, think this is a show. I think this is a show that is perfect for this episodic format i think it's it's i i know a lot of people are frustrated that all these episodes are not like stranger things they're not all dropped on the same day i think there is something to having to wait a whole week and have yeah. a week to sit with it that you know that's how tv used to be it, mm -hmm. it always was and i think you know i i really like how we have this episodic format like i i was frustrated because at the end i was like i want more but at the same time I'm like no like i'm glad i get to sit with this uh because there's so much to talk about and i think if they dropped it all at once it wouldn't have had the same effect of you know going through each episode and finding answers but also having more questions you know there's something beautiful about being able to use that episodic format to your advantage which the movies don't even get the chance to do because they are essentially big episodes within a huge series mm -hmm. but they are standalone films and you don't really have that cliffhanger like nature unless you're talking about infinity war which was already said to be the first half of this double movie right. double feature so kelsey why don't you take us through this episode give us your your kelsey synopsis of the whole episode at a very surface value and then we'll dive into each scene beat by beat all right so this episode is called all new halloween spooktacular it's Halloween in Westview, and the whole town is celebrating. Wanda is suspicious of her brother, Pietro, who is a bad influence on Tommy and Billy. Vision goes on his own mission as he investigates other parts of the town. Meanwhile, White Guy strategizes ways to kill <laughs> Wanda and fires Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy Woo to keep them out of the way. Tommy and Billy discover their powers, and Wanda saves Vision after breaking out of Westview. Nicely done. And and Kelsey said white guy because last episode we couldn't think of Tyler Hayward's couldn't think name. Couldn't think of his name for the life of um, us. But, but I will say I, it looks like he is emerging as one of the bigger, not necessarily villains, but definitely antagonists, at least to the Avengers uh, for, for the next, uh, maybe just these episodes or maybe later on in the MCU in general. Uh, so I think he is going to be someone we're going to want to remember his name of. Uh, so from now on, it is Tyler. We know his name. <laughs> Uh, Listen, I was really just giving him more of a jab of being white guy because I'm just tired of this narrative of like this white man, you know, trying to take all the credit and this empire that Marie Rambo has built upon sword and was, you know, planning on definitely having her daughter be the successor of it. And he just stepped in and is the acting director. So really, yeah, it was just a jab at that and more if you than remember he from that, uh, not caring about his name. 
And if you remember from episode four, I was very much in that camp of, oh, great. So, like, they literally killed a powerful black female character off screen Mm -hmm. for now this just white guy to take over and everything. But but now it makes more sense because he is more of an antagonist. Now we kind of I I think it was purposeful in making us feel that frustration and want to root against him in a way. Um, Because when he first sees Monica, you know, they're their buddy buddy. He's like, wow, I haven't seen you in a while. But now it's getting very clear that, you know, we're supposed to be rooting not necessarily against him, but we're we're supposed to be questioning. We're supposed to be looking at him like he's a dick. And and he is. Yeah, totally. So uh, the opening credits, we have some Malcolm in the Middle uh, theme uh, song and and uh, imagery happening here. We have uh, Tommy running around with a camcorder filming uh, all his different family members. He gets a shot of Agnes, um, who I will say had the word naughty bejeweled on her behind. <laughs> so that I don't is- know if that's just a fashion choice of the early 2000s, 90s, or if it's, you know, they're kind of saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe she's not as uh, helpful and nice as we think she is to Wanda. On my list of Easter eggs, I do have Agnes's naughty sweatpants written down. So, so it was something I noted. I, I do think it has some sort of meaning there. Great, uh, but maybe maybe it did be debunked that later in the episode, which we'll get to. Uh, but uh, yeah, because we thought Agnes is somewhat into all in on all this, and she's got some sort of mischievous naughtiness uh, mm-hmm. going on. So, so it made sense. They were like, "Hey, yeah, guess what? You're you're on the right track, naughty." Yep. Right, right, right. Um, in in a villain sense, but yeah, let, let's keep going then. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle, first off, two thousands. It premiered in two thousand. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess, I guess last week was kind of the eighties and nineties, and this is right. kind of like the late nineties thousands. Because yeah. Malcolm in the Middle dropped in two thousand, but maybe some of it was filmed in the late ni- like ninety nine. So mm-hmm. it's somewhere around that era. So we kind of skipped over the nineties, but I think the nineties was kind of seen in both this early thousands and late eighties hybrid, you know, which is a shame because they really miss the joke. They could have made making fun of full house with Elizabeth Olsen, whose sisters grew up starring on full house. I think that was a missed opportunity that they should have taken advantage of 100%. And I mean, you have an uncle coming to live with you. Like that's the whole premise of full house. You have your uncle Jesse and your uncle Joey. Like, that was the perfect time to be like, I'm a, I'm Uncle Peter, I'm Uncle Pietro, and, mm-hmm. and like Uncle Jesse. He's got the ca- he's even got the hair. Yeah, yeah. totally. But they well, missed that opportunity, but who Jill, did you also listen to the lyrics of this theme song we had going on? I'll be honest, it was a lot going on. It was it was very shaky, yeah. game, so I, I yeah. kind of just watched it and didn't really think much much more about it except for the. I wrote them down if you want to if you want to hear them. So the yeah. lyrics of the theme song were "Don't try to fight the chaos." Don't question what you've done. The game may try. Uh, the game can try to play us. Don't let it stop the fun. Some days it's all confusion. Easy come and easy go. What if it's all illusion? Sit back, enjoy the show. Let's keep it going through each day. Let's keep it going, though there may be no way of knowing who's coming to play. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. There it is. They're basically I mean, just telling of- us, you know. Yeah, that that's sums what we've been up kind of everything that's this going on in Westview. Yeah. We're doing that thing this episode constantly, where we're both just starting sentences over and over and over again. <laughs> but we're both kind of saying the same things, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Kelsey, you take it away with the rest because I'll try to butt out as much. But I'm just so excited about this show. Like, I'm excited. Like, no, I'm finally on board where I could just get so excited about every single episode, even if it's not the best. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm excited. So, so keep talking. So we start with scene one and Billy. We have Billy in his Wiccan costume right off the bat. Uh, kind of all of their costumes this episode are kind of a nudge at their classic looks from the comics. And he's talking to us about Halloween. So we have this breaking the fourth wall uh, moments throughout the episode with Tommy and Billy. Um, Wanda comes down the stairs. She says that she's a Sokovian fortune teller. And uh, they're messing around with Uncle Pietro. We never know if it's Uncle Pietro or if it's Uncle Peter. He refers to himself later on in the episode as Uncle P. Should we just refer to him as Quicksilver from now on? Because I'm not completely sold that this is Pietro. Yeah, I think that's one of the questions that this episode really uh, not answered, but but definitely brought to a bigger light is yeah. this is definitely not the same Pietro. And I think, I mean, we even going beyond the theme uh, before the theme song, we have the, the recap where they show the scene of Quicksilver in Age of Ultron getting shot. Mm-hmm. So they are trying to show you this is a different actor. And so the people who don't know anything about the X-Men they are trying to say, this is definitely a different actor. We did not just recast Pietro for this show. This is purposefully a different actor. Um, And now I think it's a question of, is this supposed to be the same Pietro, uh, someone trying to play the same Pietro? Is this a Peter from a different universe like we thought last week, plucked out of X-Men and put here? Or is this someone who's not even related at all to any of this, who just happens to be played by Evan Peters, coming Mm -hmm. in to play Quicksilver or Pietro for Wanda for her show? Um, Mm -hmm. And I have one little... a bit of theory later on about that but but you know it's a big question that we really don't know a ton about yet right so then he says as they're talking about wanda's costume uh quicksilver says worse than the costumes mom made us the year we got typhus fun fact i googled what typhus was for those of you who were curious and it is an infection you get from a flea mite lice or tick bite so that mm. is unfortunately what Wanda and Pietro were suffering with one year, one Halloween in Sokovia. Well, uh, who who brought that up? Was it Wanda or uh, Quicksilver said that? So so again, this could be one of those scenarios where he's he's rattling off memories that she doesn't necessarily share, and because mm-hmm. later on she she says memories, and he's like, "Are you trying to test me?" And I think it's because he doesn't know the answers. I think he is is here to play a role, and he does not know the answers to all these memories and questions. Right. Um, and I think she's starting to pick up on it too, where it's like our memories are somewhat in sync, but not fully there because um, I don't necessarily know how Sokovia works, but I don't necessarily know if they would have had that just trick or treat like experience. You know, it looks like they had a pretty dark childhood. Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if that memory is even true or not. I mean, it's true to him uh, in the sitcom, but I, I'm not right. so sure. So then we flash back to a young Wanda and Pietro. And Dill, did you notice anything about their Halloween costumes? Uh, ooh. I didn't pay close attention, but I think one was a pirate and one right. had like an antenna or something. So a lot of people, this was pointed out to me by the internet. This is not an original thought I had. I wish I, uh, <laughs> I wish I was smart enough to realize this, but it looks like Wanda looks like a uh she has kind of like a natasha romanoff braid happening in endgame and 
Pietro kind of looks like his eye patch. He kind of looks like Nick Fury. So that's what some people thought that they looked like in uh maybe just an homage by the filmmakers. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. So then this is one of the moments that you're talking about, Dill. We cut back to uh current uh present day, and Wanda says that's not exactly how I remember it. And Quicksilver says, You probably suppressed a lot of the trauma. So clearly we're already seeing discrepancies between, you know, how they both remember their childhoods. Um, clearly this is just maybe not the guy who he says he is, but I'm sure we can get dive deeper into who we think Quicksilver is at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so then vision comes downstairs and Wanda says, thank you for indulging me for wearing this ridiculous costume. And he says, well, there were no other clothes in my closet. So we're getting a kind of passive aggressive vision this episode, you know, he's still playing along, but he's still, you know, doing kind of jabs at Wanda saying like, I know you're up to something. I'm playing along, but just know, I know something's up here. I don't know what it is, but I am very suspicious kind of thing. And we kind of see Wanda have a few moments in the show where she's like, she's still trying to keep up the act or the facade, or maybe she's losing control. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think's going on here, Dill? Cause she says something, because right before he leaves, he says, oh, well, I'm going to do the neighborhood watch. And she's like, well, that's not what you're supposed to. You know what? I'm sorry you you didn't have plans. So do you think that she's trying to cover her tracks here? If she's losing control and she doesn't even know it. What's happening? Yeah, I, I think it's it's like she wants to have this control. And now that he's starting to lead onto it, he's he's purposely coming up with his own thoughts. And she doesn't like that. She likes to mm -hmm. have a, a almost a detector on where he is at, at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like she has no reason to think he's doubting her. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of doubt in the last episode, but she, she thinks that his thoughts won't, won't go beyond the little realm of, of what's going on because everyone else is in on it. Everyone else is making sure vision stays where he is. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the fact is this vision is just so smart that he can figure this out himself and he can, you know, he's smarter than people are giving him credit for. And you know, we see him eventually, you know, break free of this, this bubble. And that was all on his own. He figured it all out on his own, you know? Right. Exactly. So then something else that I noticed in this scene, um, Quicksilver has a mom tattoo on his left <laughs> um, shoulder. I didn't know if yep. you saw that. Um, That's an Easter egg as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. We'll talk about that later then. Yep. And him and Tommy, we see them change into their speed and uh, Quicksilver co uh, costumes from the comics. And then scene two, we're at Sword. Uh, you mean uh, Speed and Wiccan, right? Well, no, because Quick, like Quicksilver takes Tommy and they like, she's like, you don't even have a costume. They oh. want to come back. Right. And then right. he's in the Speed costume. Billy has already been in his Wicked costume. He's already been and in now okay. Quicksilver is also in his get up from the costume. So then we're at S.W.O.R.D. where the drone that Wanda threw out of Westview is being analyzed. Tyler um, wants to take Wanda down. He fires Darcy, Wu, and Monica. And that's pretty much what happens there. Mm -hmm. Great. So yeah. I'll go. I mean, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. All right. <laughs> a lot, see, the thing is, this episode, a lot of the talk is in like the details and the speculation mm -hmm. and the Easter eggs because like I said, a lot of it is just pretty straightforward. You know, he fires them because he's like, it's my project, get away. And then like later, Vision's going to try to seek out 
the truth. Like it's very clear cut what each of these characters' motives are. It's just now diving deeper into all the Easter eggs that uh, I'm sure the Easter egg talk will actually probably be a little longer uh, than right. usual because there's more Easter egg speculation stuff than plot stuff. So yeah, right. keep going. So then we're back in Westview where Wanda asked Pietro about uh, the kid from the orphanage. And she's like, what's that kid who always stole your shoes? And he says, you're testing me and I get it because I look different, all this stuff. And he refers to himself as Uncle P. So we're not even sure what his name is, but um, that's what he's referring to himself as. And then he and then him and Tommy have this moment where they both say the word kick ass and then Wanda repeats it. So I looked into this. Mm-hmm. Is this an Easter egg you want to talk about later, Dill? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Great. I said, a lot of this is like little Easter eggs that are either meaningless and they're just ways to poke at the actors or the creators, which I think this one is, or it does have a deeper meaning. And if this is a deeper meaning and we're bringing Kick-Ass into this, like, oh, God. Like, that's a lot of universe crossing. Um <laughs> But yeah, we'll keep going with that later. So so then we have a Herb moment between uh, Wanda and Herb. Herb is dressed as Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Watch yourself yes. there, movie guy. Right, there's a monster in the, yeah, I got yeah. Dr. Frankenstein is um, different from the monster. Um, <laughs> and Herb <laughs> says, and then basically through this interaction, we learned that Vision lied and that he's not actually on duty for Vision, for, well, for Neighborhood Watch. And that, uh, you know, he's obviously out doing his own thing. And Herb says, is there something I can do for you, Wanda? Do you want something changed? So it's that it's like this other it's this uh, a new another moment of, hey, do you want me to fix something for you? You and I both know that you're kind of, you know, we're trying to be on the same page here. And Wanda's like, no, what are you talking about? And then just like goes about her day. It's like these little moments that are just... Mm-hmm. It's almost like it feels almost as if like the it's coming apart a little bit at the seams here. And I it's don't, unraveling, yeah. Yeah, it's unraveling for sure. Um, and then we cut to Vision on his exploration through the town, and he sees a husband and wife that are seemingly repeating the same action. The wife is uh going back and forth between hanging up her Halloween costume, her husband in the background is like repeating, picking up and putting down a jack-o'-lantern. And we even see a tear start to stream Mm -hmm. down her face because I guess she realizes, wow, I'm stuck in this loop and I can't do anything to get out of it. So we see as we go further and further on the outskirts of town that people are kind of really glitching. So I kind of want to know what all this is about. The further you are from Wanda, the less uh you have to do kind of thing what do you think's going on here dill um it could be one of two things it could be that you know the people on the outskirts of the simulation are kind of just set pieces for like if you're driving through town you look down the street oh there's a crowd of people over there you just kind of go by it you don't realize that they're not moving or they are frozen until you know wanda's in their general vicinity there's like a radius and once you're in that radius they start you know, they can interact with you. They can move. They can, mm. you know, because um, there, there are obviously people there, but they're frozen. And I, I think it's interesting that when visions around them, they don't start moving again. And I mm-hmm. think that could be because um, it's, it's all wherever Wanda is, the radius it, it applies to. And, and vision just never had the inkling to keep exploring the town um, on his own. Uh, I really don't know. It's, a lot of this is just stuff that I feel like is really building up to something else. Mm-hmm. 
and I just don't know the answers to them. And, and it's frustrating. It, and like you said, it's frustrating. But I also really appreciate it because I like being out of the loop and trying to figure it out. Right. Uh, but this particular instance with the frozen people, I have, you know, it, it's tough because we see Agnes kind of, we'll get there, but we see Agnes kind of like uh, essentially not frozen, but she's very stiff and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and almost seems like she's like frozen in time. Uh, but then she snaps out of it and it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to uncover. Yeah, seriously. So now we have our new commercial, which I'm sad about because I thought that it was totally on track to, uh, as you said last week, reference each one of the Infinity Stones. And I don't feel like this one did as much. Mm -hmm. You feel like it did. I'd love to Mm -hmm. know. Honestly, Dill, unpack this commercial for me because like, on first glance, I was like very confused and very shaken up. I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, I it's have scary like, too. I wrote down two theories that I got from the internet. Okay. Um, but please tell me your thoughts. Okay, so I didn't look into this in the internet because it wasn't like a word like uh la- like Lagos like last week where it was right. just like a thing. You know, like yo magic. It, yeah, it's magic. Yo magic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not really a lot to like dissect with that mm-hmm. but if we're going along this whole idea that every commercial is representative of one of the infinity stones you know we got the power stone with the toaster we got the time stone with the watch you know on and on we got the ether last week mm-hmm. i think this is the soul stone let me explain please first off i'm gonna a little, a little bit of trivia who greets thanos and gamora and then later black widow and hawkeye at vormir to get red, the soul stone do you remember red skull Okay, do you remember what shirt, the color of the shirt this kid that later turned into literal skull and bones was wearing? Red. Red. And they say at the end, something along the lines of, I don't have the exact quote. Do you have it, the survivor quote? Uh, um, it says, yo magic, the snack for survivors. Survivors. On Survivor, the show Survivor, if you're the winner, you are considered the sole survivor. You are the sole survivor. You're alone. You are the sole survivor. He is the sole survivor. This this skeleton boy. Mm-hmm. Boy later turned skeleton. He's wearing red. He's a skull. I'm putting that together. Red skull, red shirt, sole survivor, soul stone, soul stone. That's that's my theory. I don't know. I love that. I, I love that. I may be, I may be like really reaching there, especially the survivor reference. Like soul survivor is not just like a television survivor thing. Like that's just relatively known. Like you're the soul survivor. It's not like, this isn't like Jeff, Jeff Probst is not going to walk on tomorrow. WandaVision, <laughs> but um, my favorite television show, by the way, survivor, go check it out. Cause uh, I will probably be bringing some survivor content to this channel eventually. Um, right. Not the podcast, but the channel. Um, no, but uh, Soul, Soul Stone, that's what I was getting from this. I don't really okay. know how it applies to the overall nature of the story unless it's like supposed to show that over time Vision is, is at the end of the day as much of a person as she wants to make him at the end of the day. No matter what happens, he is going to end up being his corpse at the end of this. Like he right. just is. And I think that's the, the most broad and clear cut reaction I had. Uh, but yeah, I'm going Soul Stone because of the red shirt, the red skull, uh, Vormir, Soulstone, Soul Survivor, Soulstone. Yeah, that's what I'm going. Love it. <laughs> what are your the theories? Two, the two theories, the two most common theories that I saw on the internet were some people thought that the shark might represent Mephisto and mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the little boy starving on this deserted island might have been a metaphor for Wanda, uh, who's, you know, starving from 
you know, grief and loneliness and all this stuff. And he offers her, hey, yo, magic. Maybe this is something that you can use. And, you know, she's slowly, you know, feeling just this overwhelming grief and, and nothingness, as she says before uh, later on in the episode. I don't really buy that one as much. Um, I, honestly, like I said, I didn't know what to make of this commercial. The other <laughs> one that I saw a lot was the boy might represent um, the neglected residents of Westview, like the ones that Vision sees on the outskirts of town. Because as he repeats, you know, he's repeating the same action over and over again, trying to open the yogurt and he can't because, you know, either he's too far away from Wanda. Wanda has forgotten to give him the, his next blocking, which is open the yogurt and eat it. So therefore, since he's being neglected, he slowly uh, decays into a skeleton. Um, I buy that one a little bit more, but um, yeah, it was definitely, it was for honestly for a second as, because I've been watching like a lot of Hulu and with like Hulu, you get commercials unless you have an ad blocker on. So you'll just get like a really loud, super like cheesy, you know, uh, commercial right in the middle of your episode and I thought that it was a real commercial for a second like it, it came because yeah. it came out of nowhere it was claymation it was a different format than the episode it didn't feature the actor and the actress that have been in the past commercials in the past I was very confused very thrown off I was like oh man this is a commercial and I was like wait I'm watching Disney plus there's no commercials like <laughs> So I, for a second, like, I thought what, it was real. <laughs> I was like, when Disney Plus starts, magic. <laughs> when Disney Plus starts like making us pay for for Disney Plus more money, so we don't have commercials, and they start incorporating commercials, that's when I kind of draw the line. But uh, okay, oh, yeah, um, let's move past the commercial because that was a lot to unpack. And and if I'm right with the Infinity Stone thing, then yay, that's another Infinity Stone in my gauntlet. Yep, but, yep, yep. Um, otherwise, it might not be any of that. But I hope you enjoyed the commercial because it freaked me the fuck out. But. Yeah, freaky, freaky this one. So then we're back in Westview. We're outside a movie theater. Um, do you want to talk about Easter this egg. later, Easter Joe? Egg. Great. Easter eggs. This is the main Easter egg. I've spent a lot of time researching this particular movie theater. Okay. Everything about cool. it. So I've got I've got so much to talk about the movie theater. Maybe it's because I want to just be back in a movie theater yeah. so badly. Yep. Uh, but yeah, carry on, Kelsey. So we we just get a lot of you know. Quicksilver is very self-aware, like more than anyone else in this show. He's looking around. Um, they're having this conversation. Sorry, that's that's later on. Sorry. Um, he, I almost lost my... Uh, you're doing better than I've ever done with the recaps. So that's why I gave the duties over to you because uh, you're doing much better than I do. So. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate that. Um, so they have this moment i love that they brought this up because i brought this up like day one this is the first thing that i noticed about about this show and i feel like you thought that i was a little crazy for bringing it up but i did and it was the fact that wanda didn't have an accent and i wanted yeah. to know where it went why she was uh -huh. all of a sudden fully american i know it got you know less and less as the movies went on but it was just completely gone episode one and they have this moment where she goes, what happened to your accent? And he goes, what happened to yours? The details are fuzzy here, man. And he says, I got one second, I got shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all. And then the next thing I know, I heard you calling me. So Dil, what do you make of this line and this moment here? Well, I mean, I took it as his death was him getting shot in the street. And then right. he disappears there. I think he's trying to say like, he just... He doesn't know what happened between then and there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we he knows more than he's letting on. Yeah. I, mean, I think 100%. he has to be. Um, the accent thing is funny because I think that's almost 
I think it's almost like people have been complaining with like Infinity War and Endgame saying, yo, where's her accent? And then mm-hmm. Kevin Feige's like, yo, we gotta let someone ask it because like like we need the audience to know that it's purposeful, that like, you know, yeah, I, I think totally. that was funny. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't it's just so hard to make out what all this means. You know, it's yeah, it's so hard. It's this is the episode that, yeah, now that I'm talking about it, I'm getting more frustrated with it. Just because Right, because yeah. I feel like everything, like we were on one path last week and I was so excited to be like, you know, kind of proven right this week around. <laughs> but now I, I'm like completely, it's like, oh, I'm at square one again. Yeah. This I is one of those podcasts that is just not going to age well when you go back and listen. So yep. we hope you listen weekly because every week we are going to be proven wrong. But I'm going to enjoy being right when I'm right. And then next week when I'm proven wrong, we'll move on to the next episode. You know, like exactly. That's just the beauty of speculation podcasts like this uh, and, and reviewing an episode rather than a whole movie is, you know, you're probably going to be wrong. And that's just what happens. So I thought that it was weird in this line that he said, I got shot in the street for no reason at all. When mm. the reason why Quicksilver dies is very intentional. It is he risks his life to save Clint and the boy or the I think it's a young boy that he's rescuing uh, in Sokovia. I thought that that was weird that he was like, this thing just happened to me. It was like, no, you made the choice to save Clint's life and to rescue him and that boy. So I. Uh, Either the character who is playing Quicksilver didn't get all, didn't get his complete backstory. He didn't do good enough research as an actor on mm-hmm. his character, I must say. I agree. Um, he didn't get all the pieces to the puzzle, so he doesn't know really what happened to him or what was, or what Wanda thinks happened to him or something. It, it just threw me off a little bit yeah. because the reason why we all loved Quicksilver from Age of Ultron is because he made that sacrificial move. I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they saved Clint for us multiple twice now. <laughs> twice now they've saved Clint. I know I we brought the silver and Black Widow because of Clint. Ugh. But I I don't know. I just thought that it was it was too like brass and like yeah. uh, like uh, chummy and and comedic for it not to mean something. So right. and I will say I I think that it goes again to the beginning the recap they show that scene because they want you to see later on when this this quicksilver this version says i was just shot in the street for no reason and we just saw in the recap he was not shot for no reason he he mm-hmm. had a motive he was he knew essentially what he was going into sacrificing he, he hoped to come out alive he didn't uh, mm-hmm. he knew there was a risk um and and just to preface for all you listening like we're not talking about evan peters not doing enough research evan peters is a great actor and i think he shows it here we're talking about whoever <laughs> this version of quicksilver whoever pietro is as a as a character did not do enough research to step into the role of quicksilver for wanda's yes. bubble yes we love evan peters no, he, was was great. Not I think he really evan showed Peter his chops though. yeah uh so let's keep going then uh so now we're, we're back at sword um mm-hmm. where we find out so darcy Wu and um monica have snuck back into sword in their little uh disguises and they're kind of in this side room hacking into um everything that tyler's doing and we find out that he has been tracking vision so do we think that that's obviously very purposeful do we want to talk about that with theories later oh we can talk about that now because it's not really an easter egg i I did write down on easter eggs the name of it being cataract Mm. um 
I, I don't think it's necessarily an Easter egg. I think it's purposeful because cataract, literally the definition of what a cataract is, it obscures your vision. Vision. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, it it literally like, yeah, it obscures your vision. I think it's it's part of it. The reason it's called cataract is because there's something to do with vision and the way um, he's able to see vision, but not really see vision. He's able to track him. I, I think it goes back to the whole drone thing where he's really trying to weaponize he's he's weaponizing a lot of things because he doesn't like the Avengers. Not even that he doesn't like the Avengers, but he finds some of them to be dangerous. And he seems like someone who really kind of just wants to get rid of Avengers and just be, you know, that sword is like the people you are, the people you call to get things done, not the Avengers. Cause the Avengers are dangerous. They can lead to mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brings up the blip and the snap earlier and how like, you don't know what it was like this past five years. You know, I'm sure he's, you know, pissed off because part part of the reason why all this happened is because the Avengers and Thanos, you know, some of the Avengers star Lord was part of the reason why Thanos succeeded. Thor mm-hmm. not going for the head was part of the reason Thanos succeeded. Dr. Strange giving over the stone part of the reason the Avengers uh, did not succeed and Thanos succeeded. So I think part of the blame, we know it's not the Avengers fault for what Thanos did, but to Hayward, he might be like, you know what? The Avengers are more harm than good. And it's kind of the civil war argument that you have with Wanda destroying uh, Lagos. And it's um, right. They're definitely yeah, I, I, imperfect organization where people mm-hmm. would like to believe that, you know, our superheroes are always going to win in the end. They're always going to triumph over evil when we have seen that that is not always true and that sometimes yeah. they lose. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where Tyler is coming from. Like, we're not supposed to be on his side, but we can see where he's coming from. And mm-hmm. to him, Wanda's a danger. She's got so many people trapped in there. Like, I, if I mean, it makes sense why he's upset and why he wants to, you know, go in with missiles and with with you know violence because, you know, he he is looking out to protect the people rather than wanting to protect Wanda. Whereas I think Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy are also trying to protect Wanda. I think that's where the clash happens. And um, so I think he was essentially working on vision as, you know, this scrap metal and trying to turn it into some sort of weapon because, mm-hmm. you know, what's a better weapon than someone who was literally at one point, one of the strongest Avengers, you know? So exactly. I, I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. Right. And I feel like every time we cut away to a sword scene, I feel like it's just to kind of play it. it it's kind of just like it's for people who like weren't paying attention. It's like, OK, here's what's they, they're uh, playing kind of like the audience, like they're finding out information like as we are, they're affirming it. So then we can go, oh, great. That's what I thought as well, because this right. is also the moment where uh, Jimmy Woo points out that oh, these people on the outskirts of town, they're barely moving. So then we cut back to um, Vision and he, all these people are literally frozen, uh, stopped in their tracks. They're not even attempting to move or talk or anything. They're not acknowledging his existence at all. He goes into his uh, uh, normal form as Vision and he flies up to get a uh, better look at the town where he notices a car in the distance flies over to it. It's Agnes sitting in her car at the edge of town, just talking. She says something along the lines of like, oh, where's the uh, center of town Halloween bash? And and uh, Vision's like, hmm, I'm guessing the center of town. <laughs> something. something You've like lived that. here your whole life, girl. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a moment that I want to bring up, especially because he's, she says, I took a wrong turn and got lost. And he says, in the town you grew up in, 
which makes me think, is this the town Agnes grew up in or did she come here from somewhere else and she's not a part of Westview at all and she's a separate entity that we are going to have to deal with later. That's yeah. what I thought. And I think a lot of this, the, the, um, when she snaps out of it and she's, she's asking those questions like, Oh my God, am I dead? Are, are you dead? What's mm -hmm. going on? She seems genuinely concerned. This right. could be because a, the show wanted us to believe she was the villain, which we have this whole time only mm -hmm. to say you were wrong. This is a red herring. She's the person we wanted you to believe was a villain, but she's really not almost like a Mandarin thing. Oh, like look or, over here, don't look over here kind of thing. Yes. Like, like this was, you thought she was Agatha Harkness and this was this big thing. She's not. She was who you thought was Agatha Harkness because you were looking in the wrong place. You should have been looking over here, either Dottie or Herb or one of the other uh, citizens mm. or maybe even Quicksilver now, if he is one of these evil people in disguise. Like, so I think she's either a red herring and then, then they're trying to, you know, subvert your expectations. And now they're telling you she's not bad. She's trapped just like everyone else. Mm. Or... She's a really good actress and she's putting it on for vision to be like, oh my God, I'm so scared. When in reality, she knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. See, that's what I wanted to know, Dill. I was like, so you believe her then? You don't think that this is just a big old performance she's putting on to make vision think that, you know, she's trapped just like everyone else and that she's not, you know, in the background pulling some strings? I don't know. It's one of the two, I think. Okay. If it's some third option, I don't know. But I think because Catherine Hunt sells it so well, yeah. I think you're led to question whether or not she's acting or whether or not she's actually a victim of this too and she has no idea what's going on. Because we know now Wanda has the control, but we were speculating maybe Agnes is helping or maybe Agnes made it happen. But if what Agnes is telling the truth here and she literally has no recollection of what's going on, she's trapped, mm. maybe she's not in on it and maybe we were wrong and maybe that's the show saying, you were wrong and now we're going to fool you some more. Cause it would honestly be a good job on the show. Cause the whole time we were thinking, you know, this was Agatha Harkness. She's yeah, awake. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly what Agnes, Agnes, Agnes's role is. And like we talked about earlier, what Quicksilver's role is. Cause right now we're on the fence about, are they literally just here as more props or are they here with other intentions? We re really don't know. Mm -hmm. And also another uh, important moment from this scene is she says, oh, good. You're one of the Avengers. You're here to help us. And he goes, I'm here to help. What's an Avenger? So this yeah. is a vision who is unaware of everything that happened the past 10 years. Yeah. And he's acknowledged that I think earlier on in one of the earlier episodes is he's like, I don't remember what happened before Westview. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you died, dude. And she tells him, yeah. she's like, you're dead. And that's where he's like, oh, crap. Okay, let me get out of here. Like, yeah. Something's wrong. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then we also see that this is Ellis Avenue, this street that she's parked on, where earlier on Wanda says to Tommy and Billy, make sure you don't go past Ellis Avenue, because we know as Vision starts walking out that this is definitely where, you know, he's going to run into the border, mm -hmm. the uh, edge of Westview. And Kelsey, uh, do you think that Agnes was put there as kind of like a watch watch out in case one of the kids started to go towards Westview? Like she's supposed to be the lookout to be like, hey, no, you're not allowed to go past there. Let's go home, kids. Uh, uh, that, that's kind of what I got. Because why would she just be parked there? I think there, maybe right. Wanda, Wanda has her there every night to make sure whenever or for this Halloween night. Hey, go to there. Go to Ellis Avenue because that's where uh, the kids, uh, if the kids go past there, then... We're right. Straight. 
See, this moment brought into question again that question that I had earlier where it's like these people who are, I guess, the farther away you go from Wanda, the less control she has over you. But it's not, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you regain control over yourself. It just means that, okay, now I no longer have someone pulling my strings. So I'm frozen. I'm in a trance. So I don't know if maybe, I didn't even think of that, Jill. I mean, it's quite possible that Wanda was kind of like, hey, watch there, make sure no one goes past this street. Or if it was just Agnes, if she is, you know, just another resident in Westview, maybe she was, you know what, I'm gonna try to get in my car and, and drive and see what happens. Once she got to that certain point in the radius of like not being it, not being under Wanda's control. Oh, now I am nothing. My mind is blank. Mm -hmm. I, I have no motivation. Now I am stuck here until vision comes along, zaps my brain, brings me back into reality, puts me back in the simulation. And then she's just able to turn around and go about her night. So I don't know, maybe she, cause in my mind, if you want to put someone in charge to watch the outskirts of town, why not one of the guys from neighborhood watch? Like, why didn't we see like maybe Norm chilling there? Or maybe you would think that it's just because Norm's not important enough of a character that she would make it Agnes kind of thing. Or it's because Vision is in neighborhood watch too. And if Norm's like, I'm going to go do neighborhood watch on Ellis Avenue, he'd be like, what's that? And then if he gets Ellis Avenue, he realizes mm. there's a big hex there. Sure. Uh, I just don't think they could, they could risk having anything with the neighborhood watch anywhere remotely around the bubble. Uh, but uh, do you want to talk about these last few moments now? What happens yeah. after this? Before I go into that though, yeah. I did want to bring up from, uh, I, from our second episode from the magic show episode. Remember when vision first goes into the uh, neighborhood watch meeting they're all very confused why he's there, which is now something that I remembered while I was watching this episode. So I feel like no one was under the impression that Vision was going to have more of a role in Westview than he ended up having. Because I remember the guy being like, wow, what are you doing here kind of thing where they were all on the same page that was like, I'm pretty sure Wanda told us that you were just going to be like a stay at home dad type of person. Right. And now yeah, you're... Every integrating yourself further into this story which is yeah. dangerous for us almost yeah every episode he's gaining more independence like we see the first episode he's totally locked into this world yeah. and the second episode he has that freedom he's going to the watch you know every episode since he's growing more and more individual and independent i have to sneeze oh anyway, yeah, he's getting, he's getting more independence as he goes i'm gonna mute this mic in case it's really loud talk about the next scene <laughs> okay so then we're back at sword um, where Darcy tells, excuse me, I also had a burp, so I'm good, I'm <laughs> we're a mess today. Um, uh, we learn in this new episode, at, oh my God, in this new scene at S.W.O.R.D., uh, Monica, Darcy tells Monica that her cells have now been rewritten since she has gone through the hex and has exited the hex. Her cells are now uh, being rewritten and distorted. And a lot of people think that this is hinting at the fact that she will one uh, one day be Photon and that her character of Monica Rambeau in the comics eventually does get powers. Um, I think that that's entirely possible because as we saw in the first episode with Monica that her mother, Marie, had this nickname of Photon. So I think it's totally possible that she's going to take on this persona. Definitely. And uh, Jimmy and 
Monica go off to meet the person, the aerospace engineer, to uh, get the equipment that they need to break back into the hex. And Darcy stays behind because she says, I have to break through one more firewall. There's something he's hiding here. I need to know what it is. Yeah. Um, which later <laughs> bites her in the butt a little bit for staying behind. Yeah. And that's the cataract that we were talking about earlier. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who they're off to see. Some people are speculating War Machine, as we said last year, uh, last mm -hmm. week, it could be uh, Mr. Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Um, or it's someone completely out of the blue or unknown. Uh, we'll likely figure that out next week. Um, yeah, keep going. Tell so us. then we have, um, now we're back in the center of town, um, <laughs> where... Pietro, or, Quicks or Quicksilver rather, and Wanda are just sitting in the uh, center of town talking and he asked the question that I asked upon seeing all of these kids, what we were all thinking, where were you hiding all these kids? I'm, and what? he says something like along the lines of, hey, I bet they were just, you know, you were hiding them in their beds. I get it. Uh, you don't want to traumatize them for every episode. You just want them to make a cameo every now and then. Um, and he says something like, you've kept families together, you've given them better jobs, better haircuts. And Wanda says, so you don't think what I'm doing here is wrong? And he goes, no, I'm impressed. And he goes, how did you do all of this? And in this moment, this is when I really started to think like, this is not her brother. This has to be someone else on the mm -hmm. outside, maybe a sword agent, maybe someone entirely different who is just here to get information out of Wanda. I think he is doing like, he is a double agent like through and through. I'm very, I was getting very, very suspicious of this Quicksilver. And once again, Wanda says, I don't know how I did it. All I know is I was just feeling this intense, emptiness this loneliness this nothingness and then she glances uh away from him she glances back we see a, de a dead shot up pietro she blinks and he's back to normal. lots to unpack here yeah i mean again it's one of those things where we obviously are now getting more and more of a feeling that quicksilver is, is definitely not the same pietro Definitely not. And yeah. it might not be, it's it's more than likely not the one that we thought was plucked out of X-Men, which does kind of, you know, make me a little sad because maybe this whole multiverse thing isn't happening right now, mm. but we know it might happen with Spider-Man. We don't know. But, um, well, that's another story. <laughs> we don't that's know. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> Tom Holland and spoilers. We don't know what he's telling is, is true or not. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't even know if this is the same X-Men Quicksilver. I literally think this could just be Evan Peters' The, the Evan Peters casting could just be a way for us to, to say, oh, that's X-Men, only for them to subvert our expectations again and say, no, this is someone completely different. Mm -hmm. And this comes with a little question, is Quicksilver Mephisto? That's because, exactly where my mind went as well, Dill. Because some of the dialogue he has, he says, unleash hell, demon spawn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He says, the kids need a father figure. As we know in the comics, Mephisto kind of, there's a relation between him and the kids. And then, damn it, if Westview, New Jersey isn't charming as hell. Well, hell isn't charming unless you're Mephisto. So I I think there could be some relation to that and Mephisto. Yeah. Or he's just saying weird uncle stuff. I don't know. 
And that's, again, I think all these answers are going to come next week. Um, mm -hmm. Let's just talk about this last final moment of Vision bursting from the hex and then Wanda seeing, or Wiccan, or sorry, Billy, <laughs> seeing uh, Vision and, and yeah. Wanda basically extending this hex. Because we got to get into Easter eggs and other stuff. Uh, so let's let's talk about this last scene. Right, right, right. So uh, we're back at S.W.O.R.D. Darcy's hacking through the computer. She finds a classified weapons intel file called Cataract, which you talked right. about earlier. Uh, Vision uh, finally gets to the uh, border of Westview. He breaks through, but then he starts coming apart, almost dusting a little bit. I, I was reminded of the dusting imagery from Infinity War mm -hmm. with his hand being taken, sucked back into um, the hex. And Billy, you know, is coming into his powers. He says, uh, there's something wrong with dad. We have to help dad. Um, and then <laughs> Quicksilver has the weirdest line of the entire episode where he says, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. And that's Boom. when Wanda has had enough. She says, no, stop it with your absurd comments. She yeah. freezes everyone and she extends the hex to then... Um, get Vision back in so he doesn't come completely apart. And she starts, she takes over the entire base that was outside of Westview that turns into a circus, into a fair, a carnival, something along those lines. And we watch Darcy get uh, sucked into the hex as well. And those are our last moments of the yeah. episode. So I think it's cool. interesting to see a lot of these. Good job, Kelsey. Good job recapping that. That was a whole hour. Now we're going to dive into Easter eggs. Cause I Listen, have there's one... lots to talk about. Lots to break yeah. down. Right off the bat, Darcy in episode four, when she's in that car with the other scientists, she says, we got the whole clown car. And then we see these agents are literally turning into clowns. Mm -hmm. It is so on the nose. Wow. It's so funny, like looking back and being like, they literally told us that these people are going to become clowns and we didn't see it. Wow, brilliant. Um, yeah. All right. So let's talk about first the minor Easter eggs. We talked about Agnes's sweatpants. We talked about uh, Ellis Avenue a little bit. Uh, that is an homage to Warren Ellis, who worked on, I think, the sh or no, he wrote a few comics for Marvel. The thing okay. is, Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis didn't do any comics centered around Wanda and Vision. Uh, so it could just be a let's pick a name. Oh, great. We love him. He wrote some comics for us or there's a different meaning behind Ellis Avenue or there's not any meaning at all, mm -hmm. <laughs> which some things just don't have meaning to. Um, all right. Tattoo mom, M O M. I was thinking maybe multiverse of madness. This is like a, like a hint of like, Oh, we're, we're getting to the Dr. Strange stuff, or it could be um, something like, uh, something of mutants or something or yeah yeah or yeah like something with to do with of magneto i don't know the m's could be anything I don't sure know. <laughs> i like the multiverse of madness theory i yeah. like that a lot yeah you know and maybe on the other arm he has like a black widow tattoo like of a spider and it's like these are our next two movies come check us out um <laughs> yeah okay so uh he does say something about xy chromosomes Maybe it could have to do with X-Men, X-Men, XY. Mm -hmm. Just as a little tease, like, haha, remember me from the X-Men, XY chromosome? Ha, chromosome. Sorry, I keep pronouncing that wrong. Uh, just like you pronounced entity wrong earlier. Entity. Um, I did? Caught it. Yeah, you did. I'll rewind it. I, I don't I don't think I could find that exact moment and put it into this video. To, Listen, but if, it, it, it wasn't happened. as bad as anomaly will ever be oh, so stop <laughs> it's just the hex from now on i will no just longer attempt yeah. to say the a word good um <laughs> speaking of a word 
No, it's not an A word. It's a C word. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, what a great. Uh, no, you know what? Speaking of A word, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, this comes back to Kick Ass. Mm-hmm. Kick Ass was a movie where Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters played best friends. Yep. So, so do you think that that's just a nudge at Aaron Taylor Johnson, or do you think that that's a nudge? Hey, look out for Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, I think it is either a nudge to ha you both played the same character and you were both in this movie kick ass or technically technically it is not a marvel comic but i don't remember the exact publication of kick ass the comics or the movie but i do think they are a sister company or they were later bought by marvel so there is i think a 0.001% chance that kickass will end up being part of the MCU just because we've had two movies with kickass and the first one is just so good on its own it doesn't need to be part of this universe um also it is a little more graphic than some other superhero movies um but that's a something to think about hmm. are you looking it up yeah but i i couldn't find it fast enough so it's we'll it's not a, a huge deal but they i think they might be somewhat in the marvel family but they're not in marvel they're not a marvel comic but yeah. they might be a sister com- kind of like kingsman is its own comic series but marvel owns that that has has later purchased that production company mm-hmm. um i think it's more of just a, a nod a nod at uh aaron taylor johnson and evan peters so here's the big easter egg that i'm going to be talking about today amazing and if you're still with us thank you it will not be too long i promise i will i will try to keep it brief but the movie theater first off before we get into the name of the movie theater itself did you notice what two movies were playing oh boy did i do it was the incredibles and the parent trap okay now parent trap there's not a lot of detail about the plot that Cohen's that that matches the parent traps plot there's no divorce there's no two i mean there are twins um well a lot but, of people were um relating the you know the the concept of two long lost twins coming together to wanda and quicksilver so yes okay that could just be the little uh nudge uh, wink wink thing there or kind of quite obviously parent trap vision is trapped in this hex and he is their parent yeah. that's what i took it from it like i didn't okay. think about the whole twins thing because i forget i forget that quicksilver and wanda are twins because they look a lot more alike in age of ultron than they do mm-hmm. now uh, mm-hmm. evan peters doesn't look like her i'm sorry um no, uh, yeah. i just forgot that they were twins i knew they were siblings uh, i forgot the twin thing but uh also billy and tommy i mean you you have these twins so parent exactly. trap just be like hey twins the incredibles it's about the superhero family. And we mm-hmm. see this is the episode where Billy and Tommy get their powers. They're super speed. And then Billy has these uh, kinetic powers where he can like see things. And it's more like his mom. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Tommy is more like uh, Quicksilver um, in that sense. So I think it's interesting um, that those are the two movies they chose. I was thinking Parent Trap quite literally as Vision is trapped in this universe. But the twins thing makes more sense. Incredibles, we see... uh, Tommy's powers are exactly what Dash's powers are too in The Incredibles. So, Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's why I wore the Be Incredible shirt. You know, full circle. I got Um, it. All right, let's talk about the name of the movie theater. Did you catch the name of the movie theater? Cor Coronet. Okay. Did you look up anything on Coronet? I did, Dill. Okay, I did too. So I'm gonna bring up the graphics. I'm I'm thinking we probably looked up the same thing. Okay. The author of uh, so Coronet. The Coronet is a poem. Is Mm -hmm. this poem? Okay. 
Yep, we're on the okay, same. I was page. so happy. I was so happy that like I I researched this because I saw Coronet. I was like, eh, this doesn't mean anything. And I saw the poem and I read it and I was like, I, I read. I'm a little upset because this was my fun fact for the episode, but I will let oh. you. You're very. You seem very excited to talk about it. So please. So I'm glad we're on the same wavelength because first off, uh, written by a guy named Andrew Mar- Andrew Marvell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean Marvel, Marvel. So I I got the poem right here. Uh, this is the beginning of it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean here so you can kind of see my face on the video. Um, so I'm not gonna read through the poem uh, because the poem is written in an older language that you know if if you're under the age of twelve you might not be able to really comprehend very well. But here's kind of a summary. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the the poem is about a a shepherd basically who's who's uh, trying to. Um, replace the crown of thorns on his savior's head the savior uh, assuming assumingly jesus christ and he is basically trying to redress that wrong and 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 trying to gather these flowers and dismantling um all this stuff to try to make this beautiful headpiece this crown for his savior jesus christ but once he collects everything all his store as it says here uh he begins to weave this new crown he finds that this like old serpent uh is basically hiding uh, amongst these like flowers and and branches and stuff and and it's and it's basically resemblance a resemblance of the devil you know it's, it's basically telling him hey in you doing this in you creating this beautiful new crown for him you're almost making it more about yourself then you are about the person who's who's laid to rest who's you know let him be like this is it's almost more of a there's sin in what you're doing too and mm-hmm. i think it's a great parallel to what we're seeing with wanda and vision vision is this corpse and she needs to make him come back to life again she needs to bring this beauty back to this corpse but in doing so she's almost committing as much sin because it's ultimately a selfish act we get it we get it she's she's overcome with grief but in doing what she's doing she's being selfish and only thinking about herself and she's mm-hmm. kind of disregarding the whole wish of vision which was to stay dead he didn't want this and i think this was a beautiful parallel but the thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that this devil this serpent like creature could be mephisto in the fact that if you are going to go through with this and going through all this work to try to you know make beauty out of what is dead there's going to be this this some some sort of meeting with the devil and i i just thought this was such an interesting poem i've I've read it i was reading it all last night just reading it and dissecting it i love poetry and this was like just totally up my alley just dissecting it and like being able to really dig deep into this poem and and look at all the different intertwining elements and the whole devil aspect and in the end he essentially uh, it essentially says that the way you can really honor your your the the person you're uh, worshiping is to basically um, destroy. Uh, sorry, uh, let me read here. The poem concludes with the speaker suggesting that if Christ were to destroy the serpent's power over the coronet, he could tread over the spoils of the serpent and coronet alike, which would crown Christ's feet, since they are unfit to crown thy head. Uh, so it's it's very complicated, but I do think we're going to have to see th- this could end up being the conclusion of what is happening with WandaVision and the serpent being this Mephisto character. Kelsey, I've been rambling, but let me know what you thought of that. 
Well, first of all, I came, I, uh, in my research came across this poem as well. I just literally every time I see a name or a number, I immediately throw it into Google with the word Marvel after it. So Mm -hmm. all what was coming up, which usually what comes up is like the Marvel fandom wiki, uh, was that did not come up at all. It was just this poem written by Andrew Marvell. So Mm -hmm. you went even further than I did. I didn't read the original poem. I just read read, uh, a summary and an analysis of it. And basically all I got from it was, is that, you know, they're really uh, hinting at this theme of religion here with Jesus Christ. And I was like, this is, this totally has to do with how um, they're introducing this devil, uh, like serpent, like character into the MCU of Mephisto. And with all of, you know, Quicksilver's little lines that you uh, mentioned before, Dale, with, you know, raise hell and isn't this place charming as hell, all this stuff. I'm like, there, there's got to be something deeper to this. So yeah, I, I just cannot. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna look into this poem, but I highly <laughs> doubt that Marvel is going this deep. And then I read it, and I was like, wow, I think Marvel's actually going this deep. This yeah. is this is crazy and great, and I love it. And I love how they're doing things like this for us because it tells us that they're making con- they're making this content for very smart consumers. You know. Like they're not letting it just be very like face value. And like, they don't have to be adding in all these details for us, but they are because they know their fan base, you know, they know we're going to be uh, Googling and eating up every little detail. So I I appreciate that. So the poem, the poem basically wraps up by saying that in, if the devil is entwined in this and, and there's, there's, there's some element to the devil finding glory in this too. So because you went through this act of trying to make something beautiful out of something dead, the devil became involved. And now the devil might end up being the one to kind of reign power over, over you. You mm-hmm. almost become, you know, your, your motives that were once well-intentioned then become something so much bigger. Um, so if Mephisto, if this is a parallel, we could see Mephisto really, um, use what Wanda's doing. And it almost seems like this is happening. If we don't know who Mephisto is, if he's even involved, but if he is, Wanda was doing this originally as a way to just bring him back, but it's become so much bigger than that. And it's taken in so many people, even more so in this episode. So I really think we're going to start to see the repercussions of that and see who exactly is gaining power from this aside from Wanda. I think Mm -hmm. there's going to be someone else who's also gaining a lot of, as this poem says, glory from what Wanda's actions are. Um, so it's good poems. Go read it. Uh, not necessarily you, but our viewers and our listeners, cause you've already looked into it. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the thing that really spoke to me. I was like, wow, like yeah. this is crazy. And if this is absolutely no relation whatsoever and Coronet is just because they wanted to use that Andrew Marvell thing, that's the only intention they had behind it. Fine. Uh, but I do think there has to be some sort of something with that. Yeah, no, totally. So, I'm basically at the point where I'm just questioning now everything that this Quicksilver's doing. So do you think that this guy is Mephisto? I'm still on the boat of maybe not him, him himself, but he's definitely, I, I feel like he must be a, might be a puppet of some other something. Mephisto. Sure. I mean, some people online were saying that Tyler Hayward himself is Mephisto, and I just don't think that's right because I think Mephisto is more trying to use Wanda, uh, whereas Hayward I think is more using Vision and trying mm-hmm. to use Vision to his advantage to try to get rid of Wanda and all these other superheroes who might be detrimental. Um, 
I don't know. If I have to guess right now, I'm leaning toward Quicksilver being more of that suspicious evil than Agnes. Because I think this episode was really to show us, hey guys, you've been wrong this whole time. And you know who else is still out there? Dottie. We haven't seen her. Mm-hmm. What is her we deal? We've seen haven't her seen a little bit, but we haven't seen her lately. And I think she was not one of the names on the board when they were looking at everyone's identity. Yeah. And, um, you know, Agnes's identity wasn't confirmed either, but maybe that's because Agnes is in, a, in on it with Dottie and this new Pietro. Or maybe they just couldn't find Agnes's ID yet. Maybe they just needed to dig a little deeper. Well, that brings me back to my other thought of Agnes not even being a resident from Westview. What if she is, you know, an other ward, uh, oh my goodness, other (laughs) worldly entity. I'm sorry. How do you say that word? Entity. Did I I say it correctly this time? Great. I think so. She could just be this, you know, other being in Agatha Harkness track that we've been assuming that she's on. And maybe that's why uh, they don't have a name for her yet, you know, because I think that it was a very weird detail to include for him to say in the town you grew up in, you took a wrong turn kind of thing. So. Yeah. I I think Agnes is still sketchy, but I think now we're led to believe a little bit more that she is not the overall evil doing all this. She might be a piece of it. Um, I I think we're going to see that a lot of these are little pieces of a bigger evil and maybe that evil hasn't been revealed yet. Maybe the evil is hiding inside Wanda herself. We really don't know. And I mm-hmm. think that's the beauty of this episodic nature. It's frustrating that we can't just see what happens next right away, but there's beauty in being able to wait and speculate, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here to talk through all the speculation for you. Exactly. I definitely think that this, you know, Quicksilver, it's just very clear. The big takeaway from this episode is that he's very much not under Wanda's control, which makes him dangerous. It makes him an antagonist to her. She doesn't even really know this person. Mm-hmm. They don't share the same memories. They're that they, you know. It, it's it's just all very. Who is this guy? That is right. what I took away from this one. Yeah, and I and I do think it's it's kind of debunking the whole. This is the X Men Quicksilver, and this is a multiverse thing. I literally think this is just Evan Peters being cast to say. To, to mislead the fans and say, hey, this might be the X-Men Quicksilver, only for them to say, it's not, it's someone else, and this is it. So, um, Or, yeah. honestly, what I had a thought just now from something you said, Dill, was if it is, you know, it could be the X-Men Quicksilver plucked out of that, you know, multiverse, put into this one, and just completely put under mephisto's control he could be completely possessed not even like he might wake up one day and be like how where am i who are all you people what are we doing here i have been in i've been blacked out for like days now so i i don't know what's going on so maybe Mm -hmm. that's where uh we watch this character uh next so we'll see and next week so we're we're supposedly getting I mean, this is just based on speculation, but we're gonna gonna see who Monica's been talking to. Who is this guy? Right. You know, I've and, seen uh, some people speculate that it's going to be um, Mr. Fantastic, and people think that the cast, the actor who's going to be playing Mr. Fantastic, is John Krasinski. Whoa! That's just speculation. <laughs> that I think I think I saw something real quick on TikTok, hey, so I don't know how much right. weight that holds. <laughs> you are right. And a week from now, we have seen John Krasinski in WandaVision. Like, oh, that's going to be awesome. I'm a oh, big I'll Office die. fan. 
I actually just I, I, I was meaning to show you this um, for any viewers. Uh, I finally finished decorating the stickers on my laptop. And Amazing. Uh, you see right here, I'm a huge, huge John Krasinski fan. Wait, where is it? There it is. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. And then uh, there she is herself. Wanda is right yep. there. Whoop, right there. That's Tommy yep. Wiseau. There's Wanda. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of both John Krasinski and Wanda. So if they are in the same show together, sign me up. Um, because I think he's a great actor. I think he's a very multifaceted actor. I don't think he just does the gym stuff well. I think he does some of the action stuff well, too. No, um, I agree. And uh, to see him with really stretchy arms would be really fun. <laughs> 100%. Kelsey, how much have you seen of Fantastic Four? Um, I remember watching, like, the Chris Evans and Jessica Alba, uh, like, the original movie, like, like, back when it came out, like, early 2000s. Yeah. So I definitely um, have to rewatch those and, and get back into it if this yeah. other multiverse is also being included as well. I think it would be a re... I think they made it very clear that they're going to reboot the Fantastic Four. I don't think we're going to see the, uh, the Chris Evans... Jessica Alba one. I don't think we're going to see the Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan one. A, because Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan are already in this universe. Mm -hmm. And B, because they were terrible. Um, <laughs> if you like them, good for you, but they're terrible movies. So uh, Especially the, the newest one with Miles Teller that had such potential that they just totally blew. Um, but that's it for WandaVision episode six? Six. So we got three more episodes left. So let me just really quickly... Uh, just tell you all listening what's to come. So uh, today is the 15th. Uh, so next week, the 22nd, we will be talking about episode seven. Uh, on the March 1st, we'll be talking about episode eight. On March 8th, we will be talking about the finale of WandaVision episode nine. Now, the 22nd, so on uh, March 19th, that's when Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. So on the 22nd, we will be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Everyone's going to be asking, what are we doing between the 8th, which is WandaVision Season 9 finale talk, and uh, the premiere talk for Falcon and Winter Soldier on the 22nd, unless they drop Black Widow by some surprise before the 15th, and we have mm -hmm. to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We will be doing a MCU villains ranking. That's right. We have taken how many, Kelsey? 30? 30. We have taken 30 villains put them all in a list and each of us will bring our own list of 30. Uh, we will try to fly through them as fast as possible. Some of them uh, who are in multiple movies like Loki and Thanos might require a lot more conversation than someone like a Malekith or a ghost who's only in one uh, mm -hmm. episode uh, or sorry, <laughs> episode, episode. Uh, might as well be same, same uh, thing. movie episode within a whole series uh, of movies. Um, but we will be doing a villains ranking. So if you want to start dropping some ideas of uh, your favorite villains, if you want to start telling us, uh, you can either reach out to us on our social media tags, which we have below, uh, and let us know what your thoughts of the villains are. Because, hey, we're going to rewatch some of these movies and prep for it. We're going to look through some clips. And, you know, some villains stick in our brains more than others. And we'd love to hear what you guys have to say because it might sway us. It might give us some uh, second thought on some of these villains, especially the ones that we haven't seen as much of, like... Malekith. <laughs> if you don't know who Malekith is, neither do we. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No disrespect to Malekith, except all the disrespect in the world. All Listen, right, they'll, they'll get their fair share of uh, a. Yeah, so, yeah. So on March, I forgot the date already. March 15th. 
15th, we'll be talking about villains. So stay tuned for that. If you are not watching WandaVision and are sick of WandaVision or whatever, I promise you there's other stuff to be talk, talked about. Uh, we will not include the villain of this show in that ranking because we're just going to do the movies and because we don't really know who the hell the villain is. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and that's the same reason we'll talk later about why we're leaving off people like Nebula and Bucky because they are villains in certain movies. But ultimately, at this point, in the MCU, they are heroes, and uh, we're we're including Loki just because he's such a big villain when he is a villain, and he's likely going to be mischievous in his new series. So we're including Loki, uh, but we're not going to include people like Nebula and uh, Winter Soldier, even though they are villains for a period of time in the MCU. Uh, but we're looking forward to that. So yes, reach out to us. Let us know what you think of that, um, or thoughts before we. I mean, obviously you haven't seen it yet, so don't let us know what you think of the episode, but let us think, know what you think of the villains as a whole and and how we we should rank them. Um, you can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo at Twitter. And uh, you can find me at TikTok at Dylan Randazzo 417. I forgot to put those labels on the bottom. Like I said, I would. I will for next week if you're watching on video. And you can find me here at the Dill Pickle Movie Network here on YouTube. I promise I will have some videos coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, it's been pretty light in terms of movie watching just because I'm catching up on a lot of last year's movies and prep for the Oscars. But I will be talking a lot about Golden Globes by the end of the month, giving you some predictions for the Golden Globes and then a reaction to the Golden Globes after Golden Globes air. Kelsey, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick, or you can find me on YouTube, Cause Productions, K-O-Z Productions. And my TikTok is at K-O-Z underscore 13. Kelsey, do you want to tease a video that I think you released yesterday? Oh, yeah. I had a very special Valentine's Day episode on <laughs> Cause Productions. So if you want to uh, check out all my thoughts about Valentine's Day and see a snippet of that I had Dill feature on, you can check it out there. Cause Productions. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm going to put the title card up in the top right, right up there. Uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the little video link so you can go check out that video right now. And as a little treat, if you are watching on video, right before I cut to the end credits, I'm gonna show you a little 10 second snippet of Cos Productions' new video. How do you feel about that, Kelsey? Wow, amazing. You didn't know that was coming. No, I didn't. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate yeah, we're gonna, that. We're gonna give you a little 10 second teaser of that, or maybe like a five second teaser. I don't know. Um, and uh, go check that out on her channel. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I know it happened yesterday, but happy Valentine's Day. Happy Monday. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.